0: Well, last Sunday evening, I think we've got uh, too much uh, Christmas pudding, turkey, all the rest of it. Um, and uh, it was not easy uh, to concentrate for the preacher and probably for the congregation as well. Well, I hope this week we've not been up too late last night and uh, too many fireworks stopping us from going to sleep and so on to come back to this passage. And just to just to think about this one word gifts. That was our text uh, last week. We saw last week that giving gifts, the gifts of these wise men brought to the Lord Jesus when they opened their treasures uh, that gold, the frankincense the myrrh and they opened them and presented them to the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, they were significant and costly gifts. They were expressions of worship. That is what they had come to do. They had come from the east, that long distance, and they had come to worship him. And their gifts, the opening up of these treasures before the Lord Jesus Christ, this young child, was a demonstration, an expression of their worship. And we just made this one observation, really, I think we tried to do, that worship results from revelation. Worship results from revelation it is all through the christmas story i wish we could have time really to go through it that is as mary and joseph the shepherds simeon anna these wise men it is as god reveals to them what he is doing who this child is the baby to be born he reveals it through an angel he reveals it through myriads of angels he He reveals it because Simeon and Anna have been waiting for it and it sort of bursts into their sight as the Holy Spirit shows them who the child is that they're holding in their arms. It's revealed to them and we find it over and over again that revelation is the cause, the the beginning of worship. And these men, they said, didn't they, to Herod, we have seen his star in the east, and we have come to worship him. Now seeing his star, that revealed by God to, to them in the east. There was something about this star. They knew there was something about it. Something different. They were men looking. They were astronomers. But they were men, men looking for, for God. Because they seemed, to, they seemed to know God. And they knew that God was doing something wonderful. And they came all this distance. And they rejoiced when they saw the star moved to where the child was. In in the house, not in the stable anymore. There he was, a young child, no, no longer a baby. But when they saw him, they worshipped him. They worshipped him. We saw about it on, on Wednesday. A number of us were on Zoom on Wednesday just sharing together. And it was a lovely time. The theme was light. And uh, we, we reflected... Uh, as people contributed various things on that verse in Isaiah chapter 9, the people that walked in darkness have seen a great light. And when you're in darkness and, and light comes, it does something, doesn't it, to you? Revelation brings worship. And the reason why, why is it that most of Derby tonight? Most of this country, most of the world, vast parts of the world are not worshipping God. It's because they can't see. Because they're blind. They're blind. Sin brings blindness. (coughs) Why did these men bring their gifts to Jesus? Many, many, many disdain him. Reject him. Don't want to know him. Is because as yet they cannot see him they have not seen his star they have not seen him and again on Wednesday just one reflection somebody made that uh, John Piper said those words that evangelism exists because worship doesn't why are, we, why are we telling the gospel why is there need for the gospel why is the good news going out it is because there is a God to worship And that's what he's created us for. The men and women are living in their lives in the world that God's created without without encountering God and having no purpose because they are not doing that which they've been created for. Revelation leads to worship. You know on the last day that is exactly what will happen won't it? On the last day, every eye will see him and every tongue will confess and every knee will bow. Because when we see him, we will have to bow before him. Now we either bow before him now or we'll bow before him then. If we bow before him now, we bow before him in adoration and wonder as our saviour. But if we don't bow before him now, we're going to bow before him on that last day in trembling and (coughs) fear because he is our judge. And as we've taken the calendar over to 2023, another day has gone by, another year has passed. Where will you bow the knee? Will it be here and now, or will it be then? Because the days are moving fast. The years are passing by. And today's the day of salvation. The day is the day for us to bow the knee. That's as far as we've got last week. There's a second thing that fuels worship, that sort of um, keeps it alive, that that causes it to grow. It's revelation that that causes <coughs> us to worship. When we come and we realize our sinfulness and we see that the Lord Jesus is the only way and truth and life. And we see him and we run to him and we embrace him and we call him our saviour. That begins our worship. But what continues our worship? And when our worship drops and falls and, and waxes and wanes and drifts away. Then it's gratitude, isn't it? It's gratitude that fuels our worship that keeps it alive that grows it and as we (coughs) grasp the giving of God that causes us to give in response that is worship here in the picture the picture of these wise men is these men bowing down on their knees before this young child and they're opening their treasures they are giving him (coughs) gifts it is a picture of what worship is it is returning to him what he has made in the first place what he has given to us returning to him all the glory and the thanks and the praise and gratitude does that you know at the end of that reading that second reading in 2 corinthians there's that wonderful verse we did mention it last week thanks be unto god for his unspeakable gift for his indescribable gift what is happening here is somebody the apostle paul It's been revealed to him. He knows who Jesus is. And he realized he's indescribable. He's wonderful. He's glorious. And he is so thankful. So he worships. He worships. And really, you can put the thermometer in your Christian life at the level of gratitude to find out just what your worship is like. How true and real it is as to how, how thankful you are for what God has done for you. Uh, when we're given gifts Christmas time, we say thank you. So, Doanne, what have you been doing this afternoon? Writing thank you letters. Some people still do it. <coughs> Writing thank you letters. And really what worship is. The simple form, boys and girls who are here. What is worship? It is saying thank you to God it is realizing the gift of gifts all other gifts in one is jesus and if i have him i am thankful thankful for him (coughs) you know there are people in the scriptures in the in the gospels who are healed by the lord jesus and we see over and over again when we read those gospel accounts their physical healing causes them to fall at the feet of jesus in thankfulness but what when he heals them in their souls what what, what he heals them of their sin sickness mary knew it didn't she in the christmas story my soul magnifies the lord and my spirit has rejoiced in god my savior The, the anticipation the understanding of this woman this young woman what had been told to her that the child inside of her was the king of glory was the savior of the world was her savior and before the child is born she is saying my soul just so thanks god for my savior the revelation of who jesus is fueled by the realization of what he has done is gratitude gratitude And it brings worship. Worship. Now David challenged us so well, so helpfully this morning about our lives. To think (coughs) carefully about God. To think seriously about our lives. (coughs) To pray (coughs) that in everything we might show the beauty of God as he sanctifies our lives. They're very helpful things. Let's add to them what's our priority this year? what is going to be our priority because this is what you're made for this is why you're created what's the chief end of man is to glorify God to enjoy him forever so our prayer must be surely this Lord please will you reveal more of yourself to me so I might understand who you are and what you have done and Lord, will you give me that gratitude, that understanding of the gift that you have given to me, so that I might like these, be like these wise men, kneel before you, and open the treasure chest of my life, <coughs> all that I have gone, all that I am and have, and give it to you, in response <clears throat> throughout the christmas story we see the revelation of the lord jesus and we see worship throughout the story as unfolds we see men and women with that realization and their gratitude causes them to worship god and it should be with us i want to just suggest to you for just a few minutes now just three aspects uh, about this matter of worship uh, as it's portrayed as giving. Um, I read somewhere this week that uh, it's, it, the scriptures never, never really tell us exactly what worship is. And worship is such a, such a vast thing, such a vast subject, really. Um, but it's presented to us in different ways. And here it's presented to us in the picture of these men giving gifts to the Lord Jesus Christ. So let's think about that as they presented gifts to him. We're thinking about our giving to God in, his respo- in response to his giving for us. Three things. That giving must be, first of all, willing. Secondly, it must be sacrificial. And thirdly, it must be cheerful. So if you're still awake, at least you've got the three points. Let's just look at the points just for a moment or two, shall we? Firstly, it should be willing. Should be willing. I think these these men. Can you can you walk with them? Can you ride the camels with them from the east and come to the obvious place to the uh, to the uh, to the palace and to Herod and to what was in their minds? We've come to we've come to worship him, the King of the Jews. Where is he? What's there an element of maybe surprise, maybe maybe disappointment, maybe puzzlement but that he's not here where we expected, perhaps in a palace that would be the obvious thing uh, and, and they rejoiced when the star appeared again and stood over the place where the Lord Jesus Christ was that house and when they went into that house what did they think, what was their, what was their human response we, we've had it in, in the in the house this week an 18 month year old little boy some of the time we didn't worship him um he's lovely he's my grandson but to fall down before a child and open these treasures what did they did they at any stage think well we'll stay for a while but we'll take the treasures back with us you know this gold it is so very expensive and these other things that we've brought but we find them (coughs) coming all the way nothing nothing deters them nothing restricts them not the distance not the puzzlement of the wrong place but they kept on going because they were determined to do that which they say they have come to do. We have come to worship him. They were willing worshippers. <laughs> willing worshippers. Now when the Apostle Paul writes uh, that wonderful letter to the Romans, he, he writes in that um, those first 11 chapters, I was going to look at some of them, but I've looked at the time. Time's going really fast. But if you read those chapters, we've said it numbers of times. Everything in those chapters, one to eleven, explains the gospel and the wonders of it. That though we were enemies, Christ died for us. And that nothing can separate us from the love of God in the Lord Jesus Christ. And the wonderful and amazing things about our salvation and what he says is this in chapter 12 of Romans 12 and verse 1 and 2 he says I beseech you therefore brethren by the mercies of God that you present your bodies a living sacrifice it is the realization well it's it's the revelation first of all it's the understanding of who Jesus is and the gospel and then realizing how wonderful this is and how mighty is his love towards us, that then the Apostle Paul can say, Now open your treasures. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And in one of the modern versions, I can't remember which one of think it's the NIV it says your spiritual worship all that I am and have thy gift so fully everything is in the, the casket the treasures to give to him because I owe them everything he's given me it all and I owe them all because of what he has given to me you see the gift of christ to us is so great it demands my soul my life my all now why do we read in malachi well we're at in malachi because in malachi there was a malaise there was a spiritual sickness which gets you and me from time to time and uh, there's a lot of sickness about it at the moment, isn't there? Physical sickness. Here's a spiritual sickness. What have they been doing? These people, uh, God's people, well, they had been bringing worship, which was just poor and, and just not acceptable. Instead of bringing unblemished lambs, of the firstborn of the flock you can read it in the first chapters they were bringing the poor and the maimed and the the, the ones that were they were going to slaughter anyway because they were of no use for anything and their worship was poor and how does God see that? well can you see what it said in chapter 3 of Malachi? will a man rob God yet you have robbed me God is speaking but you say in what way have we robbed you? And he says in tithes and offerings, For you have robbed me, even this whole nation. You see, when we do not worship aright, when our gratitude is love, when our realization of what God has done for us, when we, when we forget the cost of our salvation, when our eyes are not on the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ and it's back on self, then we start to bring poor worship. And God says, You're robbing me. You're robbing me. Robbing God. Worship is giving. That's that's its aspect, isn't it? it? Was what we're thinking about the giving of these men. God says, Well, when worship is like this, you're actually robbing me. Not willingly giving, as we should do. And it pricks us, doesn't it? And we know it's true. When we come on a Sunday and our heart's not in it and our mind's all over the place we've not come to make that spiritual worship. And when we've got that service to do that, that thing to do for God whatever it is and we don't do it with a full heart we don't do it in grateful thanks Maybe we're robbing God. So our, our giving to God has got to be willing. It's got to be willing. So why we need to pray, don't we? That God will reveal more of Himself to us. And that our gratitude might grow as we realize of His giving to us. Well, the second thing we said is this that in this in this aspect of worshiping giving, it must be sacrificial. It is to be sacrificial. Notice the word in Matthew 2, verse 11. They opened their treasures. And I've really sort of said it as we've gone along. Uh, the original word is their caskets. So these, these, these things, the, uh, the gold, the frankincense, the myrrh, would be in some form of casket. Uh, I think it would be highly decorated. The casket itself would probably be quite special. But it was what was in it that mattered. What was in it that mattered. And what was in it was quite amazing, really. (laughs) I was thinking we were in Iceland, not the country, the shop. We were in Iceland, and we were in the queue, the long queue. (coughs) And I just saw these chocolates, and they were quite nice mints, a pound, a pound. I said to her, they'll do. Now, I won't tell you which one we were gonna give them to you, but uh, we can get away with giving them something for a pound. And we tend to think like that sometimes, don't we? About our giving to God. We can just get away with it. But the thing is with these gifts, without going into all the detail, and there's a lot you can read, the commentators, some of them go into great detail, but the thing about them, they were so valuable. <coughs> gold was valuable and rare. Remember the, the tabernacle? It was overlaid with gold, and it was quite an amazing thing. Um, back in the Old Testament gold. Frankincense was a white resin uh, from a tree imported from Arabia and it wasn't commonplace you couldn't just go down to the marketplace and say uh, can I have a couple of kilograms of uh, of frankincense and myrrh was the same as a root plant from over in Yemen or, or, or in Africa these men had brought things which were very very valuable but you notice we've used the term sacrificial giving not costly giving or valuable giving because for all of us it's different isn't it you remember there was that lady when jesus was sitting there and he was watching the people coming to put money in the treasury now for some you see that was very much a can you see what i'm giving type of thing like the Pharisees standing on the corner praying out loud so everybody could see it some were giving money and Jesus could see what they were giving and they were giving a lot into the temple treasury but they had a lot which they could give there was that woman wasn't there you can read about it in Mark 12 she came with just two (coughs) hands two coins and Jesus noted that and he noted that that was sacrificial giving She hadn't got much, but she'd given much. And that is to be our giving. That is to be our worship. It is easy for some of us to give money. It is easy for some of us to give time. It is easy for some of us to give energy. But for some of us, it's not. And it's not the level. It's the costliness. It's the sacrificial nature to us of what we give. In John chapter 12, there is Mary and Martha in their house. Bethany and Martha serving as she usually did and Mary breaks open that box of ointment so expensive. May have been something like myrrh, And on the Lord Jesus and the the thought goes up from the disciples from Judas initially, and even to the others. What a waste! <coughs> Goodness me, this is, this is cost a fortune. this stuff. What a waste! Yeah, Jesus commends her because we 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 see that Mary probably didn't have a lot of money to spend, but she spent this money on the Lord Jesus. And what what you use of your energy? And your time and the gift that God has given to you sacrificially is worship. It is your giving to God in response to his giving to you. Sacrificial giving. And often you see, what happens is our worship, our giving is just casual, isn't it? It's just casual. It's like come day, go day. It doesn't cost us anything It's not, it's without effort, it's routine. It's not sacrificial giving at all. But true worship is first of all willing because of the understanding we have and the desire we have to please him and it's sacrificial because of his sacrificial giving to us. Then the third thing is cheerful for what well, it comes in that passage so uh, perhaps if you've got your finger still there or a marker still there in 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verses uh, 6 uh, 7 but this I say he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully now the context here is giving uh, chapter 8 chapter 9 when you read it it's all about giving so this is not about gospel work, although principle still is there, but it's about giving. Let each one of you give as he purposes in his own heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, just, oh, well, I've got to do this. For God loves a cheerful giver. And you probably had sermons before where you've been told, and it is true, that the word is hilaria, which means hilarious. It means there's a smile on the person's face when they're giving. Because they're delighted to give. Not grudgingly. Not because I've got to. Oh, we've got to go to church today. Oh, what time is it? Oh, man. Uh, the afternoon service. Oh, we'll skip it. We'll do Zoom. Not grudgingly. <coughs> because our, our worship is willing. It's It's sacrificial giving other things up. It's putting other things down. Because we realise how important this is. And uh, David took a uh, Bible study here, a couple of weeks ago on Wednesday, and we looked inside that house again of Mary and Martha, and we saw there, we saw Martha serving, but she was grudging, wasn't it? She was cumbered about with much service. It's there in Luke chapter 10. And there's Mary. Sitting at Jesus' feet. Now I love Martha. Because I'm a doer. And I, I feel Martha gets a bad press at times. But. We can be doing the wrong thing. At the wrong time. Or even the right thing. At the wrong time. And that is what Jesus is saying. In Mary's case. He said she has chosen the better part. So in this situation, she has chosen to sit at my feet and worship. Now, it's not that Mary's service is a waste of time or Jesus is criticizing her or saying she's a second-class Christian. Some of the things I've heard said, which are completely wrong, our responsibility is to be cheerful givers at the right place at the right time to give him our lives our attention our our money our, our energies whatever our worship might be at the right time so there is a time there is a time to be alone to worship and there is a time to be in company corporately as we are now in worship there is a time for active service Martha stuff if you like and there is a time for Mary stuff to sit and think and ponder and listen and be serious and be intent and to get the detail and the understanding and to grasp it And for those of us who are doers, that's hard. And for those of us who are perhaps that way inclined, the other way is hard. But you see, that's the balance of our giving, of our life of service, of our worship. There's time for service to be out there, in the kingdom. There is time to be out there, (coughs) serving God. But there is time to be in here, worshipping God, In corporate worship. And we've had to wrestle with this in in open air mission. In times past. Open air mission did um, times of outreach in a town. Helping churches in a town. And uh, the feeling was we must be out all the time. We must be out all the time. Even on a Sunday. Let's get out there. There's a balance isn't there? We must be cheerfully in the place where God wants us to be at the right time cheerfully serving outside but cheerfully coming to worship him on the Lord's Day amongst his people so we are cheerfully to do Psalm 4 verse 4 and Psalm 122 verse 1 so Psalm 4 verse 4 says this commune or meditate Within your own heart, on your bed, and be still. Offer the sacrifices of righteousness and put your trust in the Lord. The psalmist is saying, The psalmist is saying, There is a time where cheerfully, willingly, sacrificially, we will be as it were on our own bed we will not there will be nobody else there we'll be on the sofa or we'll be somewhere we'll be quiet and we will be thinking and meditating and worshiping god but there's also a time psalm 122 verse 1 i was glad when they said to me let us go into the house of the lord our feet have been standing within your gates O jerusalem And we're to be in the right place at the right time. And cheerfully so. (coughs) Willingly so. (coughs) Sacrificially so. There's a sense which all of life is worship. But that can be a cop-out. We are to be where God wants us to be. So when there is worship in the church, of which we're part of, we're to be there. We're to be there. Not to say, I'd rather stay at home tonight. I can worship God at home. No, no, no. The church has been called together i was glad when they said let us go let's go to the house of god you can miss the blessing by sitting at home but there are times when we're not there's no one else around and we should be cheerfully and willingly on our sofa on our bed wherever it is on our own sitting in a field sitting on a park wherever it may be (coughs) Will we be able to give God enough back because of his giving to us? Well, there's a very interesting verse. We'll just close with this. 2 Corinthians 9 verse 7. In that passage in 2 Corinthians 9 verse 7, Paul says, So that each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity. For God loves a cheerful giver, a willing giver, a giver with a smile on his face, Because he he loves to give to God who's given to him. Verse 8. And God is able to make all grace abound towards you that you always, having all sufficiency in all things, may have an abundance for every good work. Don't think that you can over-worship and that you'll run out you'll run out of material So when you open the casket of your life to God. Somehow it'll run out. Because he, by his grace, is constantly refilling it. He is constantly showing you more. He is constantly revealing himself to you in his Word. He is bringing about an abundance in your life so that you might then give back to him of that abundance. And so worship is something of a, of a circle, isn't it? Because as he gives to us, we give to him. And as we give to him, he replenishes our lives so that we might give yet more. These men said, didn't they, we have come to worship. Whatever you say, Herod, wherever it is, whatever we have to do whatever this king looks like whatever the house is we're coming to worship that should be our attitude this year this coming year lord we are coming to worship we are coming to open the treasures of our lives to open the casket of our energy of our time of our talents of our money, of all that we have, and we're going to give it to you. Because you have given everything to us. Lord, we want to do it willingly. Not because we have to do it. We want to do it sacrificially. And we want to do it cheerfully. Let's pray together. Lord, we've almost prayed that prayer, so we ask, Lord, that you would hear us as we come, and that you would help us. It is the beginning of a, a new year, and we pray, Lord God, especially if we feel that somehow we've lost the love we had, uh, once had, and Lord, our giving is not what it should be. Uh, Lord, our lives are, are, are a poverty of worship. Uh, we've forgotten The gift of gifts, all other gifts in one. Lord, forgive us, we pray. And may we find, Lord, that you reveal yourself to us in such a way that our gratitude regrows again. And it fuels our desire to give to you. Lord, we know that this is just one aspect of this whole matter of worship. And you desire and deserve our worship, the worship of our hearts and all our lives. And one day, our lives in eternity will be all worship, And we thank you for that. Please, Lord, we pray, speak to our hearts about this subject, even on this first Sunday of this new year. Teach us to number our days and uh, apply, Lord, our hearts wisely. In your word we ask, for Jesus' sake. Amen. Amen.